And now it's time for some weird Tennessee news. An HOA in a Tennessee subdivision has threatened to fine a resident $100 after her car left a phallic-shaped image in the condo's parking lot. That's right, her car drew a penis following a light dusting of snow, said a report on Tuesday. The resident identified as Catherine. In January, she received a surprising email from her homeowners association accusing her of violating the rules by displaying offensive images and slogans. The board didn't specify the offense, so this confused Catherine, and she inquired a little further. As would I. The board claimed to have photographic evidence sent in by a resident of course, because there's a nosy bitch in the neighborhood who was concerned about the well-being of the children's. The children's. The photo that they sent Catherine left her in stitches. A snowy parking space with a blob of cleared asphalt that could be construed as male genitalia. They're quality computers. <laughs> What'd you say your name was, honey? Richard? Hmm. Richard's so formal, so why not? Clearly, there's an outline of a penis in the parking lot, according to the photo, but there's no tire tracks. The absence of the tire tracks was because they were still snowing when she and her husband left for work that morning in her Honda Insight, she told the news. Catherine fired an angry email back to the board, noting that the bylaws state that offensive imagery had to be purposeful. She then asked how she was supposed to control the way the snow fell around her car and refused to pay the fine, threatened legal action, and generally told them to go fuck themselves. The board finally backed off and an email wrote, We understand we will not be pursuing this further in good faith pursuant to the wording of the bylaws. No kidding. And that's some weird shit happening in Tennessee. Hello and welcome to Kevin's Podcast Show. This is the Friday edition. It won't be as long as the other editions, but hey, who can't get enough of Kevin's Podcast Show? I know it's you. It's my dozens and dozens of listeners out there. Thank you so much for listening, so much for sharing, and if you've not shared, well, shame on you, by gosh, you need to be sharing. And I don't mean that like some chick named Sharon. I mean, you need to get somebody's phone out of their hand because all your friends have phones. Get it out of their hand. Show them how to share the show. All right, let's jump right into it. Getting on down the road with today's show. Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history for the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to Let's start with a CNN reporter talking to President Trump during the uh, post-Kim Jong-un meetings. You have a personal relationship, and I believe uh, Vice President Pence does, with the family of Otto Warmbier. Uh, I'm wondering, um, you've talked about this week's uh, about 
Kim Jong-un being my friend. You called him on Twitter. You said you have a great relationship. Have you in Singapore or here confronted Kim Jong-un about Otto Warmbier's death? I have. Asked him to take responsibility. Have, yeah. and what did he say to you? And why do you call him your friend? I have. And I have. And I have talked about it. And I really don't think it was in his interest at all. I know the Warmbier family very well. I think they're an incredible family. What happened is horrible. I really believe something very bad happened to him, and I don't think that uh, the top leadership knew about it. And when they had to uh, send him home, uh, by the way, I got the prisoners back. I got the hostages back. And Otto was one of the hostages, but Otto came back in a shape that was not even to be talked about. Uh, I find it, I thought it was horrible. Now, the others came back extremely healthy. But Otto came back in a condition that was uh, just, are you, are you, just terrible. And I will, I, I did speak about it. And uh, I don't believe that he would have allowed that to happen. It just wasn't to his advantage to allow that to happen. Those prisons are rough. They're rough places. And bad things happened. But I really don't believe that he was, uh, he, he, I don't believe he knew about it. Did, did he say, did he tell you that he did not? Uh, did Kim Jong-un tell he you? He felt badly about it. Did I did, did speak to him. He, he felt did. very badly. But he knew the case very well, but he knew it later. And, you know, you got a lot of people, a big country, a lot of people. And in those prisons and those camps, you have a lot of people. And some really bad things happened to Otto. Some really, really bad things. Why, why are you But he tells him? me, he tells me that he didn't know about it. And I will take him at his word. All right. Now, the associated story that they have with that. Donald Trump's shocking and shameful about face on Otto Warmbier. When Otto Warmbier returned to the United States in 2017 and died shortly afterward, President Donald Trump condemned the North Korean regime for the imprisonment and suspected torture of the college student who was arrested in 2015 for alleged spying. So that's the backstory. Fast forward to Thursday in Hanoi. At the summit with North, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un, Trump said of Wambier in North Korea, he tells me he didn't know about it, and I take him at his word. Trump added that Kim felt badly about it. He felt very badly. Trump is apparently taking the word of a brutal dictator who had his half-brother murdered with nerve gas at an airport and who continues to live a posh lifestyle while his country suffers the effects of staggering economic sanctions. The guy who North Korea media says began driving a car at the age of three and helped cure Ebola and can control the weather. You're going to believe that guy? Well, that's fair. That's fair. It's a fair question, and CNN's decided to be a little bit um, smart-assed about it, and I don't blame them. Well, it's a fair statement. It's a fair way to uh, assess this situation. Now, let's see what the old Trump News Network, I mean Fox News, has to say about it. President Trump's comment that he does not believe North Korean Kim Jong-un was aware of the mistreatment that led to the death of an American college student is getting major pushback tonight from the boy's parents. Fred and Cindy Warmbier say Kim and his evil regime are responsible and that excuses and lavish praise cannot change that. Late today, the president tried to explain himself. President Trump is on defense following the controversy over the death of American student Otto Warmbier. The president is blaming the North Koreans, but not calling out their leader. On Twitter late today, President Trump tried to clarify, of course I hold North Korea responsible. The president concluded, I love Otto and think of him often. In Vietnam, the president did not blame Kim Jong-un. I really believe something very bad happened to him, and I don't think that... Uh, 
the top leadership knew about it. The parents of Otto Warm Beer expressed outrage and heartbreak disagreeing with the president, saying Kim and his evil regime are responsible for the death of our son Otto. Kim and his evil regime are responsible for unimaginable cruelty and inhumanity. No excuses or lavish praise can change that. The president has taken heat from both sides. Kim Jong-un knows everything that happens in his country, certainly with respect to an American uh, who's been held prisoner there. We shouldn't be naive about this regime and about the way they mistreat their own people and certainly the way they mistreated Otto Warmbier. So who do you think was more fair today, CNN or Fox? I mean, it's a legitimate story, legitimate questions to be asked. Uh, I think they put the president in a tough spot by asking those questions and well he's the president so that's where he's supposed to be he's in a tough spot he's not supposed to be able to just simply pass those questions off and i think he did a very poor job of dodging the question he probably could have handled it a little bit different he could have uh, said that well i don't know what he could have said but he could have handled it a little bit different i think the idea that kim jong-un didn't know what was going on in his regime is probably a little silly but anyway, I think that I think he got in a tough position and he knew he had to answer it. And I think he knew it was a fair question. He couldn't just call him fake news and sit him down. So the the initial question, by the way, did come from a CNN reporter. And you heard both stories use that same clip of him talking about it. I will say this, that Fox did go back and and say what the Warmbier's parents had to say about it. And that added to the story another dimension. So... I think they were both tough on the president, both reports were, and I think it was fair to be tough on him. I think it's a pretty shitty situation he's got in. This, to me, is at the core of where the president is and what kind of person he is, and I think he's trying to play both ends. He's trying to play both ends against the middle. He's trying to be happy, make happy with Kim Jong-un because he wants a deal, and at the same time, he doesn't want to piss off the warm briars, but he did do that. So it probably pleased Kim and didn't please them. So I guess my uh, observation today is that maybe, you know, maybe Fox News was a little more, uh, they had a little more information. They did talk about the warm briars and they did talk about what they had to say. Uh, CNN was being a little more sarcastic, which was fair. I'm not saying it wasn't fair that they, they did that, but there was a little more information on Fox's side and... Uh, they had even uh, some Republicans talking about how shitty it was for the president to say that. So I'm going to give today's uh, championship to Fox News. That's right, it is shout-out time on Kevin's podcast show. I'm giving shout-outs to some other podcasters out there. Join the Shift Ender podcast with Drew McSalty. It's a great show about EMS and first responders in general. The Unusual Buddha Podcast. Check the chill with The Unusual Buddha. Facebook friends, let's give a shout out to Weird Tennessee, Hillbilly Memes, the Libertarian Party of Tennessee, and Hybrid Fitness of Taswell, Tennessee. Uh, let's see, who else can we give a shout out to? Let's give a shout out to Anchor Podcast. Anchor Podcast makes this all possible, folks. It is how that I do my podcast. And if you want to start a podcast about canned cheese, go to Anchor Podcast. They'll put you on iTunes. They'll put you on Google Play. They'll put you on Spotify. They'll put you on Stitcher. Heck, they'll put you everywhere. So these are the shout-outs on Kevin's Podcast Show.
And now it's time for entertainment news. Say hello to my new friend. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Excuse me, miss. Why are you dressed for laser tag? Oh boy, you guys don't have any clue, do you? I'm here to stop the shapeshifters that are infiltrating your planet. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That is, of course, the trailer from the new Captain Marvel film, and breaking from tradition, Captain Marvel's not a dude. It's a chick. I know that's not politically correct. I don't care. It's not a dude. It's a chick. Chick, chick, chick. I said it. Record it again. Here, let me give you some good audio right here. we go. If you want to record it, this is Kevin Marshall, and I'm calling a girl, a woman, a chick. That's right. Toxic masculinity. I'm all about it. Anyway... When Captain Marvel opens next Friday, it will be a moment of great satisfaction mixed with lingering frustration. The film, which stars Brie Lawson as the spacefaring comic book superhero and the 21st entry in the interconnected Marvel Universe movie franchise since it began in 2008, but only the first to focus principally on a woman. By now, audiences have grown accustomed to superhero movies that put women in the spotlight. 2017's Wonder Woman, based on DC Comics' Amazonian Warrior, was a worldwide hit for Warner Brothers. Marvel has built its own fortunes on decades-old supply of costume adventurers that doesn't lack for women. The studio has been criticized for its slowness to create movies emphasizing its female characters. Because, you know, dudes want to go watch chicks be badass. That makes sense, right? Right? No. No. As a dude, I can tell you right now, if I'm going to go see a superhero movie, it's going to be, if I had a choice, if you put me up and you said, here, you have a choice between going to see Aquaman or Wonder Woman, and I don't really care about either one of them, but I like superhero movies, I'm probably going to go see Aquaman. That's just honest, folks. It's just honest. So Marvel's putting their money where their mouth is. As far as uh, trying to make their movies be hits, that's why the Iron Man movie was so popular. It's because Robert Downey Jr. was so charming, and every guy wanted to be him, and every girl wanted to be with him. That's how that works. But guys are not going to be able to see themselves in a female superhero. They're going to see her, and they're going to say, man, she's super hot, and I like her, and she's sexy, and all these things, but it's not going to translate the same way. The movie will be a success. The movie will be... It'll blow people away. It'll be great. There's there's no doubt about it. Marvel doesn't make shitty movies. I've not seen one. Not in a while, anyway. Fantastic Four. What? Cheer something? Anyway. What took Marvel so long uh, to reach this point? Well, Captain Marvel will be a movie that makes a good on its long, unfulfilled potential. The answer to the first question at least lies in the tangle of social, cultural, and economic factors. They parallel the similar issues that Marvel has faced in making strides toward female representation in its comic books over the last 60 years. Efforts that gradually help bring Captain Marvel to prominence in the pub- publisher's pantheon and make the movie more likely. 
the people behind Captain Marvel, Marvel, the movie, as well as the comic books that inspired it, acknowledged the problematic history that led to these more welcome developments. They also see opportunities for women to have an equal place on the page and on the screen and for Captain Marvel character to grow as an icon of female representation and empowerment. <sighs> that frustrates me. Marvel, the Disney-owned home of the Avengers super team, has become an important bellwether of diversity in Hollywood. The studio has broken ground with films like Black Panther in 2018, a blockbuster with black directors, screenwriters, and leading actors. Recalling an early meeting with Marvel directors Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, 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 Ryan Fleck, said they told the studio. All we have is the character stuff, and they said, we know how to explode things. We need directors who can tell a story. Captain Marvel was written by Bowden, Fleck, and Geneva Robertson Duarte, 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 I don't know how to pronounce her name, is also the first Marvel movie to have a female director and only the second after 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy to credit women as the screenwriters. I have no problem with uh, female screenwriters. I have no problems with females directing. I have no problem with females in general. I'm just saying that as a dude, the movies that I want to go see don't have female leads in them. I have a penis. I do not have a vagina. Therefore, when vaginas are doing cool shit, I can't imagine myself being a vagina. doesn't work for me. But anyway... Uh, Brie Larson, the Academy Award winner for the 2015 drama Room, said she was initially wary when she was approached for Captain Marvel and unsure if she wanted to take on such a high-profile role. But the actress, who has called for greater participation by women and people of color in the film industry because we don't have enough people of color, oh my gosh, let's look at the movies. And in the media covering it, the global rollout of Captain Marvel would help bring her advocacy to a wider audience. People, I don't think that we have such a problem that these people say we have. I don't think that it's as bad as everybody says that it is. There are plenty of movies that are all black folks. They, they've been around for years. Eddie Murphy did them. You know, he did Coming to America, and he did Harlem Nights, and he did Boomerang, and he did all these shows back in the 90s. This has been around for a long time, folks, and it's not changed. All the Medeas at all. There's like a billion Medea movies and the Friday movies and the and the Boys in the Hood movies and all these movies that are black-centric. They're there. So why are they saying they're not? Those movies are meant specifically for a certain kind of audience. And what they're really saying is is that you white folks need to be out seeing these movies that are black-centric. That's what they're that's what that boils down to. Captain Marvel should be a good movie. I'll go watch it. I'll tell you how I liked it or didn't like it. But uh, I think they're just going a little crazy on this whole uh, toxic masculinity and diversity and all these things. And as a white guy that's in my 50s, it, it just, I feel oppressed. I feel oppressed on a daily basis because I hear it all the time. Anyway, that's entertainment news. Let's get on with the end of the show. Hey friends, Unknown Redneck here on Kevin's Podcast Show. Let me tell you what's going on, honey. Kurt Angle and that little blue-haired girlfriend, Joanne, his, has been into an argument for the last week. And honey, they've been a fitting and a fighting all over the place, and they've been a, I think it started over a daggone one of them devilish video games. Anyhow, I told old Kurt Angle, I said, old Patchy, come here, I need to talk to you. 
he still ain't got a beard. I'm just saying. And he's still wearing that darned old do-rag around trying to put a little hair grease on there. Anyhow, I told him he needed to be like old Trump. Like old Trumpy. He said, what you talking about, Daddy? And I said, I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. He went over to Korea and talked to that Kim Jong-un, Kim Jing-ching, Jong-jun, Jun, Kim Jun. That Korean feller, you know who I'm talking about. Anyhow, I went over to talk to him about some kind of bombs or something or nuclear wars. I don't know what it is. I ain't smart about stuff like that. Anyhow, I told him old Trumpy just couldn't get what he wanted, so he just had to walk away. Sometimes, honey, you just gotta walk away. That's what I told him about that little blue-haired girlfriend. I said, she gets to arguing with you like that and you can't get no satisfaction. Sometimes you just gotta walk away before you say something you didn't mean to say. That's the best kind of advice I can give to you. I can give it to all the people out there listening on Kevin's podcast show, and I'm gonna tell you right now, honey... It's one of the best things you can do. You get in an argument with somebody, you disagree, just walk away. Don't say something mad that you'd regret later. That's experience right there. Anyhow, that's just a little quick update from the Unknown Redneck, and you know where I am. Fair advice from the Unknown Redneck. Just walk away. Just walk away. All right, folks, I want to remind you once again that you can get this podcast all over the interwebs. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can get this show. So, tell your friends. Get their phone out of their hand. Show them how to listen to podcasts. Not just necessarily my podcast, but, you know, my buddy's podcast, the Shift Ender podcast, the Unusual Buddha, uh, Smugcast, any one of those. Uh, you know, people know how to get on YouTube and look up things, but they don't know how to listen to podcasts. It's simple and easy. And would you rather hear a bunch of uh, commercials about car lots trying to sell you a bunch of shit for President's Day? Or would you rather hear a nice, smooth, no-static podcast? All you got to do is put it on your phone. You know, your car's got the Bluetooth. You know how to listen to it. Show them how to listen to podcasts. Share podcasting. It's awesome. All right, that's just a little short episode for today. And I guess until next time, it's going to be deuces and duck lips. Don't fear the reaper. Take one, roll. All right. One, two, three, four. I'll be honest, fellas, it was sounding great, but I could have used a little more cowbell.